Blog Talk Radio. Kingway Fox Beer Lockers acting very weird Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh Four Drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex hat, you has had enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe. That song always gets me pumped and puts me in the mood for some Trek talking. It is Thursday night at 7 p.m. or 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which means we are live. So put our phone number in your speed dial. 646-668-2433, so that you can give us a call and take place in this most momentous conversation which we're about to have. We have a really great show planned for you guys tonight. The one and only Andy Chekhov Bray is going to be with us. Actually, he currently is with us, but we're going to be talking to him, and we're going to be doing another Checking In with Chekhov series, so that'll be a lot of fun. And um, Andy has a brand new Star Trek skit that we're going to review for you guys right here. And we'll get some behind-the-scenes scoop from Andy of exactly what went into that skit. And, hey, maybe, who knows, maybe Chekhov will show up and fill us in on what's going on in the boiler room on the Enterprise. Who knows? But wait, there's more. We're also going to review episode 208 of Lower Decks. And uh, that was the one that was on today. If you haven't seen it, you want to quick go run and watch it and come back because, boy, was it funny. We also have Star Trek news. Shatner says, what? Or basically, Shatner boldly goes, where? Well, we're going to fill you in on that. Jeffrey Combs talks Star Trek Enterprise. That's going to be interesting. And just how bad was Tasha Yar's death? That'll be a cool one, too. And will Strange New Worlds be serialized? We also have Star Trek birthdays, fan shout-outs, and we go around the globe. So we have a great show planned for you guys tonight. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be a blast. And we'd love to hear from you. 646-668-2433 is our phone number. Please give us a call and join right in. You can head over to our Facebook page at Trek Talking and Beyond. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We have 66,368 followers as of um, And we'd love to make that 67,000, but we can't do that without you. And while you're there... You'll see the Live Long and Prosper symbol right at the top of the page. Tell us where you're listening from. Every week, um, I pick uh, nine lucky listeners, and we give you a fan shout-out by name on the show. If you see a heart next to your name from Trek Talking, that means yours truly, Uncle Jim, has picked you, and your name will be on the show. So you'll want to tune in so that you can hear your name shouted out to the rest of the world. Joining me, as usual, are my truck experts. We'll start out with Eric. Eric's out in Portland. How are you doing tonight, Eric? Oh, man, I am doing great, Jim. We are experiencing a nice kind of early fall, a bit of weather here in Portland, a little bit uh, misty rain, uh, middle 50s or so. 
it's the kind of weather that makes you want to just stay inside and snuggle into your blanket and yeah, maybe talk about Trek for a little while. Well, who wouldn't want to do that, right? Uh, I think I'm, we all do. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> Trek anytime anyways, but, uh, you know, up here in Vermont, we're, we have that kind of that Indian summer where it's in the mid-70s. It's going to be a beautiful weekend up at camp. In fact, up at camp, we're going to be having the, the Halloween weekend for the kids. So we're going to have trick-or-treating. Last year, I was a Klingon, and all the kids cried and were afraid of me. They didn't like me <laughs> waving my batlet around. So um, I'm not going to be a Klingon this year. I'm going to be a gremlin. Wait, um, I think, so. but you could, you could, if you were a drunk Klingon, that might be more appealing to the kids. That could be, that could be, <laughs> but um, the wife decided that I'd make a better gremlin. So she went out and got this giant six foot inflatable gremlin costume. And uh, I'll have pictures posted on, our, on the Facebook page, but I will be wearing my Star Trek shirt underneath the gremlin costume. So at least I'll be representing Star Trek, you know, in some way. It'll be does a lot of fun. Mean, I'm looking for does that. Does that mean we get to see a gremlin and an Ewok together? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think Karen's going to, I think she's going to be a bumblebee, but I'm trying Ooh. to talk Jamie into being a Starfleet officer because that won't scare the kids. So Damn. we'll see what happens. <laughs> and we also have with us as usual, Charles. He's out in Las Vegas. How are you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing good. Not quite the weather you guys are having, but we're getting a bit of a dip into the fall. This week we're going to get some 80s. Might see a little bit of low 90s for Sunday and Monday, and going back down to the 80s. But it was a chilly 60-something this morning, which was great. It's feeling kind of fall-like finally. I love the fall. It's my favorite time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same I, here. You know, take the dog for a walk, and you hear the crunching leaves underneath your feet, and you know it's it's brisk in the morning and and nice at night. We can go up to camp and have a nice campfire. It's my favorite time of year. Um, that's like the end of the summer here because then right after Halloween we get the snow. So, and guys, we also have with you a special treat. Uh, as I said, this is the checking in with checkoff show, which means we have the one. The only Andy Chekhov Bray with us. How you doing tonight, Andy? Thanks. Right now it's a balmy 90 degrees in Los Angeles. So the wind's coming up from the southwest. We're 10% humidity, and it looks as though the barometric pressure's dropped to 29.87. Back to you, Jim. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you have it. <laughs> All right. So we always start off the show, guys, with going around the globe. And for that, we turn to Eric. So, Eric, what's going on with our global numbers? They, they're they a little bit different than we're used to seeing. Well, it's an interesting thing we've got going on this week, Jim. Uh, we, as uh, m- many of our listeners may know, we've recently made a change to some of the services that we are uh, carried on. And as a result, our numbers have kind of readjusted to what we think are likely more realistic numbers. So typically we would say 75% of our listeners come from the United States, but we really think it's more like 80% now, uh, which is uh, causes all of our international numbers to look like they went down. But it, I think it's just that the U.S. piece of the pie just got a little bit bigger. So this week we have 80% of our listeners coming from the good old U.S. of A, but in our number one international spot, we have Canada leading the way 
with 5.21% of our listeners. Remember, that's a readjusted number, so I'm not even going to compare it to last week because uh, you can't really compare. But, yeah, thank you so much to our brothers and sisters to the north in Canada for listening to us so much. We always appreciate your support. In that number two spot, we have the U.K. with 4.33% of our listeners. Thank you to the folks across the pond. In the number three spot, Australia with 3.93% of our listeners. Now, the gap between the U.K. and Australia did get a little bit bigger this week, uh, but that's okay, Australia. You can do it. We We just need the dude to kind of recruit some more people to listen to us. We know you can do it, but thank you. Yeah, they do. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Way I always say on the other side of the planet, and then I did some like actual geometry on a globe, and it turns out you're not on the other side of the planet, but you're just really, really far away from us. So thank you for listening. Uh, in that number four spot, Ireland, 1.47% of our listeners. Thank you all in Ireland. And holding steady in that number five spot, we've got Germany, 1.17% of our listeners. Thank you so much to every single one of our listeners, whether you come from the U.S. or any one of our many international destinations. Thank you so much. Absolutely. We really appreciate each and every one of you guys. You mean so much to us. We would never think of doing the show without you. Then we'd just be talking heads, and who wants to hear that? So at any rate, after we go around the globe, as I said, we give individual fan shout-outs to you. That's right, you sitting at home right now, and we just want to say hello and thank you for listening. So, Eric, why don't you start us off with our fan shout-outs? Absolutely. Our very first fan shout-out this week goes out to Juliana Villaverde from Rio de Janeiro, and she gives us a little live long and prosper symbol and a nice flag next to it. That's so cool. Thank you for listening to us, Juliana. We're also saying hello and sending out our thanks to Major Harris from Sheridan, Oregon, just 13 miles from where this famous UFO photo was taken in 1950. And, of course, we can't show you that photo because this is radio. But uh, it was a super cool photo. And uh, Sheridan is, you know, not too awfully far from me. It's uh, it's uh, probably a couple hours, hour and a half or so southwest of me. So, Thank you for listening to us from very close to my hometown, Major. And my final fan shout-out goes out to Mickey Goddard from Portsmouth, England. Portsmouth, England. Thank you, Mickey, for listening to us. Charles, who's on your list this week? Let's start off with Carol Coxhead from Swindon, UK. Top fan, Nick Hudson from Northampton, England. And then I'll swing around for Roy Foya in Kansas, USA. Gee, I wonder if Jim's going to New York again. Funny He's how lying. that happened. He's yeah, isn't that, isn't that funny how that happened? It's clear. So, Jim, it's so clear. It, it is, you know. I, I make up the list, and it, what a coincidence, huh? Oh, there's always a New Yorker on it. What do you, what do, you know? And, and, and I always I get them, too. Isn't that funny? <laughs> so we like to say hello, thank you, and kapla to Anna McDonald in Rochester, New York. Been there many times. In fact, my cousin lives in Rochester, New York. So thank you for listening, Anna McDonald in Rochester, New York. And now we can move on to a place that I've never been. We'd like to say hello and thank you to Raymond Eck. I don't know. Eck? From Victoria, British Columbia. I can't think. Is that? Am I saying that right? It, well, it's Eck. E-K. Uh, yeah, Eck. they wrote E-K, so I'm going to say Eck. 
Yeah. Right. It's just not a name we're familiar with, but yeah, it's uh, that's got to be how you pronounce it, I would imagine. Yeah. So thank you for listening, Raymond, in Victoria, British Columbia. And last but not least, we want to say thank you to Paul Smith from Yorkshire, UK. We really appreciate it, guys. And like I said, head over to our Facebook page. You'll see the Live Long and Prosper. Just just tell us where you're listening from. You see a heart next to your name. You want to tune in next week because yours truly, Uncle Jim, has picked your name and you will be. And actually, if you're from New York, chances are you're definitely going to get mentioned. So just a little little inside <laughs> information. <laughs> All right. Yeah, also our funny how that city, happens. Though, let's be honest. It is our number one city on the board. So. That's true. New York City is our number one listening city uh, around the globe. So that's, you know, that's pretty cool. So now it's time for some Star Trek birthdays. was not a Klingon song. No, it wasn't. We like it anyways. Worf, we always start off our birthdays with remembering those members of our Star Trek family who sadly are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yeah, our very first remembrance this week goes out to Richard Hurd, very famous actor who had two parts in Star Trek. He played the Klingon Lacor in TNG's episode Birthrights, uh, one and two. Uh, that, of course, was uh, Friend of the Moogs, uh, Defender of Kittimer, uh, Great Klingon, uh, LaCour. But he's probably more well-known as playing Admiral Owen Paris uh, in Voyager. Uh, so Richard Hurd uh, would have had a birthday this week. Uh, happy birthday and, and remembrance is going out to him. And, and for me, Eric, being, being yeah. a child of the 70s and early 80s, I was completely traumatized. Traumatized. I still have nightmares about it the scene in V where they ripped mm. off his face and he was an alien yeah. underneath. He played yeah. John, the, the president. I don't know if it was president, but the leader of the visitors on earth yeah. and uh, uh, Faye Dunaway rips his face off and there's a lizard face with the red, the red eye behind it. And man, I had nightmares about that for ages when I was growing up. So he also was on V. Well, he's been on a lot of things, but, but V gave me nightmares Love that series, and I was just young enough, yeah. uh, as you were as well, to just to be very impressionable. And yeah, sp- his face split open like a banana, uh, and there was yep. a green alien inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, iconic actor Richard Hurd would have had a birthday this week. We're also saying happy birthday to Shaman Glass, who played the character Benton in the TOS episode Mud's Women. Uh, he was the uh, owner, I believe, of the mine there uh, in that episode. So happy birthday to Shaman. We're also saying happy birthday and sending out our remembrances to Michael Dugan, who played a Kalar warrior in the TOS episode The Cage. Those are the funny warriors with lots and lots of fur and crazy eyes and crazy teeth and uh, kind of ridiculous, but uh, fun nonetheless, and definitely a very iconic role that is totally TOS Star Trek. So uh, Michael Dugan giving us that character. uh, Happy birthday to him. We're also saying happy birthday to Charles McCulley, 
Uh, he played a couple of different roles as well. He's probably most well-known as Landrew, the computer and the person, uh, so to speak, in TOS's episode Return of the Archons. He also played Prefect Jarrus in TOS's episode Wolf in the Fold, a uh, classically trained actor, uh, was also in many, many things back in the day. So happy birthday uh, to Charles McCulley. We're also sending happy birthday and sending out our love to Arthur Bernard, who would have had a birthday this week. He played the character Appella in TOS's episode Private Little War. Stephen Markle played the character of Kova Thole in TNG's episode Allegiance. Now, if you don't remember who Kova Thole is by name necessarily, you'd know him as the blue Mazarian from that episode, uh, which then I believe it was recently Lower Decks had a Mazarian in it. And that was why we kind of went back and touched back in with the private little, or excuse me, with Allegiance uh, there. So happy birthday and remembrances going out to Stephen Markle this week. We're also saying happy birthday to Jay Robinson, who played Ambassador Petri in TOS's episode Alana of Troyes, or excuse me, Alan, I always say Alana, Alana of Troyes, uh, the green guy, so to speak, uh, easy way to remember him. So happy birthday, Jay. We're saying happy birthday to William Wyndham, who played Commander Matt Decker in TOS's episode The Doomsday Machine, super iconic role, and uh Definitely the Decker that I first think of uh, out of the two that are in Star Trek. And so is, thing, it, it, yeah, is, go ahead. Is he act? Is has it ever been? Is he actually William Decker's father? Has it ever been said anywhere in canon that he he legit that he is? Because I always thought that he was, but I couldn't find anywhere where it specifically stated that he was. But I, I always thought he was. Yeah, when it comes to canon being just kind of what's on screen, um, I do not believe that there's ever been a reference to a connection between those two characters of any sort. They just kind of have the same last name. Yeah. Just so, an odd coincidence, I, I think guess. We, I think we all headcanon that into them being related one way or another, but uh, I don't think that's been proven necessarily. So, But definitely the, uh, the Decker that I think of, William Wyndham, would have had a birthday this week. And our final remembrance this week, uh, we had a bunch this week, lots of birthdays in this early fall time. Uh, Roger C. Carmel, who uh, you say, well, who is that? Well, you should know who that is. He is the absolute original OG hardcore Fenton Harry Mudd uh, from TOS's episodes I Mud and Mud's Women. And also, of course, we always like to mention the animated series. He was in Mud's Passion, the animated series episode as well uh, a role to be reprised later by rain wilson but uh richard c carmel was the original and uh none are like him he would have had a birthday this week so that is all of our remembrances this week uh charles why don't you carry on with uh folks who have a birthday who are still with us well let's start off with scott uh, who played Bob Briggs in Star Trek Four? That's the guy that uh, that's the guy that Jillian Taylor slaps in the face when she finds out that the whales are gone. Ah, uh, yes. Jay Astar played Isabel in TNG's Imaginary Friend. 
I like that episode. It's a weird one, but uh, it's like you want to believe the kid the whole time, and you're like, no, the kid's right. The kid's right. And everybody's like, I don't believe the kid. She's just got an imaginary friend. Great episode. Always believe yeah. the kid. Always believe the kid. The Lewis thing, like Ishtar Yar and TNT's legacy, that's Tasha Yar's sister. Duran Mulroney played Ben Zan in TNT's The Outrageous Okana. Carolyn Lagafer played Far in DS9 Tribunal. And Kenneth Cigar played Damar in Boys This Wait. Not a lot of birthdays on my side. What about your side, Jim? I've got a few. I've got a few. First, we want to say happy birthday to Kerry Hakuru Tagwa. Tagawa. Uh, he's the little the, the little dude that rings the bell in uh, in Q's court, the bailiff in TNG's episode Encounter at Farpoint. Remember, he was he rang the bell and Q yep. comes out as the He's, he's one of the first people we see in an encounter at Farpoint. So happy birthday. We'd also like to say happy birthday to Sarah Rain, who played Alani in Boys episode Innocence. And we'd like to say happy birthday to Mimi Craven. Yes, Craven, that name sounds familiar. It should. Wes Craven was married to her. And uh, she played Yanar in the, in the, um, in the boy, or I'm sorry, she played Jisa. In the boy episode, Dragons. I don't remember that one. That must be one of the ones I didn't get to see when it was on uh, up here. I'll have to go track it down. Uh, we yeah, it's not... Happy birthday. Is it any good? I was just going to say you could probably skip. Like, <laughs> it's not one of those ones that you have to catch necessarily. And it's not bad. Okay, well, it's not bad. But it's not bad. That's cool. It's not amazing. See it All right. See <laughs> so, um... We'd also like to say happy birthday to Rosalind Allen, who played Yanar in TNG's episode, The Outrageous Okana. She was the girl that um, the, the gentleman that Charles said happy birthday to was after. Both birthdays, both from the same episode. However, if you grew up in the 90s watching Roy Scheider's first and only TV series that he appeared in, a uh, show by the call Sequest DSV, then you would know her as Dr. Wendy Smith from Sequest DSV's second season. So happy birthday to Rosalind Allen. We'd also like to say happy birthday to Carolyn Cava, who played Dr. Toby Russell in TNG's episode Ethics. That is a phenomenal episode. So and, good. Um, and actually I, referenced in tonight's episode of Lower Decks as well. Yes, yes, it was. And I used, I used that episode... I used to teach an after-school class, on, uh, and I would use Star Trek episodes, and I would use that episode, and I would say to the kids, well, you know, was Crusher right, or was, or was Dr. Russell right? And I would, each one of the kids would have to be one of the people in the episode. One would be Riker, one would be Worf, and they'd have to explain, you know, why they did what they did and what they would have done if it was them in that case. And you'd be surprised. 
just how much kids pick up on when they're watching something like Star Trek. They're they're like little sponges, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, happy birthday! I would also like to say happy birthday to um, oh I can't read this. I got to make it bigger. It's tough to get old. To um, Antoinette Bauer, who played Sylvia in TOS episode Cat's Paw, the only Halloween episode that they ever did on Star Trek, or actually not Halloween, but um, holiday episode that was done on Star Trek. And the last but not least, I always do the Klingons last. And we have a Klingon here that that might have been on Star Wars. Um, You may have seen him on Star Wars. Maybe not. Uh, Chris Obi-Wan actually, and I believe his actual name is Chris Obi, and he played Takuma in the Discovery episode, The Vulcan Hello, and Battle for the Binary Stars. And that wraps up our birthdays, guys. And um, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to bop in a very quick commercial break right here, which is pretty awesome. And when we come back, we're going to dive right in. We're going to get right in there with Andy Bray and we have a new skit that he put together about Starfleet repair. And we're going to dive right into that. We're going to talk to Andy. Maybe Chekhov might make an appearance. Who knows? But you want to run. Don't walk to the bathroom. Get yourself some chicken wings. Get yourself some pizza, a bag of chips, whatever. And then run right back. Don't touch that dial. Sit down. Put your feet up and relax and enjoy. We'll be right back after this very quick. Very quick commercial message. Tonight, the 24th century begins. Welcome to the Enterprise. In a special world premiere movie, Star Trek, The Next Generation. Ready for departure, sir. Engage. 78 years have passed since the days of the original USS Enterprise. Now a new galaxy starship has been designed with a new team of highly skilled Federation explorers. Starfleet Captain Jean-Luc Picard, Commander Riker, Executive Officer, Chief Medical Officer Crusher, and her brilliant son, Wesley, Lieutenant Commander Data, an android, the telepathic Troy, Geordi, a man with unique vision, Security Officer Yar, and Klingon Officer Worf. Shields and deflectors up, sir. Go to yellow alert. Their first mission, investigate a new star base on planet Denim 4. Thou art directed to return to thine own solar system immediately. A hostile alien threatens the crew. Now go back, or thou shalt most certainly die. But they're determined to finish their mission. Arm our photo torpedoes. Place them on ready status. Hostile is now beginning to overtake us, sir. Together, they stand trial before a merciless court. You will now answer to the charge of being a grievously savage race. Now, they have 24 hours to uncover the secrets of a strange world. They're firing on far points, sir. The classic legend begins an all-new adventure. Let's see what's out there. Star Trek, the next generation. And we're back, and we have with us Andy Chekhov Bray. He's live in the studio with us right now. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. Give us a call and ask Andy any questions you might want to ask him. Just call and tell him how awesome he is, maybe. I don't know. But give him a call, 646-668-2433. And how's the studio looking there, Andy? Oh, it's looking good. Uh, Yeah, yeah. 
uh, right now I'm, I'm kicked out of it. It's been transformed into the kids' classroom, and so I'm in my bedroom. But the studio would be looking good if I were in it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to so, say that, that, that new Star Trek show that you play the commercial for sounds good. I want to watch Doesn't it. That, that, that Star Trek that does sound good. That sounds pretty darn good. I like this. And Data. And Android. And Android. <laughs> and Android. I might have to track that down and see what that's all about. I don't know. Yeah, it, it sounds like it could be pretty entertaining. <laughs> it might be. So uh, this is what, our third installment of Checking In with Chekhov, I believe? I think, I think so. I lost count after number one. <laughs> yeah, I think it's right. our, our third installment. And for the for uh, we do this once a month. And for you for you guys who don't know, um, Andy does Star Trek sketches on uh, YouTube. And whenever Andy puts out a new Star Trek sketch, I'll put it on our Facebook page so that you guys can enjoy it. And then I'll rip the audio off of it, and we'll have Andy on the show, and we'll play it for you guys. And then we'll talk with Andy a little bit about the the script, where he got the idea from, and you know, any behind the scenes stuff, or we'll, we'll just we'll check off for a little while. And then uh, maybe if we're lucky, we'll find out what's going on in the boiler room with Mr. Chekhov. So um, <laughs> yeah. So without any further ado, um, are we ready to, to play the skit? It's called Starfleet repair. And I just got to stall you guys a little while. Cause I got to find it. You would think they would, they'd be in alphabetical <laughs> order. That'd be way too easy. Wouldn't it? Way too easy. Don't you want know, to make it truck. too easy for you. No, Please they, they want me to. I got to scroll through every soundbite we've ever played on the show to find. There it is. Okay. I've got it, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, this is Andy Bray's Star Trek sketch called Starfleet Repair. You can find it on YouTube. There's also a link on our Facebook page. But this is the sketch. Please sit back and enjoy Oh, boy, what in the heck happened here? They must have let Troy drive again. I certainly hope they got insurance on the Titan. Whew, what a mess. I don't understand it. Why can't they ever keep these enterprises in one piece? I mean, sure, you got a whole alphabet to work with, but maybe don't burn through them so quickly. Hey, Gerald, where you at? I'm on the bridge. You got to check this place out. What a mess. Holy moly, what a mess. Ugh. Holy crap, Harold. Are you out of your mind? If Michael Jordan couldn't get away with that mustache, what makes you think you can? It's 23.79. I think enough time is fast. <laughs> What's with the band-aid, Gerald? Oh, the wife and I, we took a trip to Kronos. I do not <laughs> recommend it. So, what are you thinking, Gerald? I think we're looking at a lot of overtime here. Yeah. Too bad there's no pay in the future. Seriously. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm all for the betterment of mankind, but I could also use a new iPhone 370 is all I'm saying. Uh-huh, you and me both. Now, it looks like we're going to have to work around the main power conduit so the force field doesn't go out and we don't get Harry Kim into space. You rest his soul. R.I.P. real Harry Kim. R.I.P. real Harry Kim. Well... Let's get to it, shall we?
Toss another hammer to the gold vacuum of space. Mark it and replicate me another one, will you? Marked. Replaced. you twos about your tools, huh? Sorry, boss. Yeah, me too, boss. Yup, all sorry here, boss. I don't care! You two idiots keep sending your tools into low Earth orbit, and Starfleet's gonna replace us all with synths. And I don't know about you twos, but I got a new iPhone to pay off. Just how the heck did he manage that without money? <sighs> Maybe he's one of those Megas 2 aliens. You know, the ones that do magic. Remember, Starfleet repair is done with safety and care. Did you hear that? Threatening us with sense again. I tell you, them sense, they can't do what we do. Nope. And just because the occasional accident. Oh, another screwdriver. Mark, replay. They say to err is human, but I think androids can have accidents too. What about the time that Data fired a phaser at a Thaleron weapon? Everyone knows, you can't do that. You can't do it! And he got himself blown up. Oh yeah, real smooth there, Data. Get yourself blown up. Sounds like employee of the month material to me. You rest his soul. R.I.P. Data. R.I.P. Data. I'm just saying. Uh-huh, I hear ya. And what about the time that Data mistook a Romulan chick for a Vulcan chick? That seems like a pretty flippin' big mistake to me, you know? Lost another hammer. Marked. Replaced. Of course, it depends on what hemisphere the Romulan lady came from, because if she came from the northern hemisphere... What did I just say? Anyone can't explain why my foreman just had his helmet smashed in by a rogue space hammer and his EV suit ripped open by a rogue space screwdriver! Oops, sorry again, boss. Yeah, me too again, boss. Yup, oh sorry here again, boss. I swear to Q, I will replace the two of you with since myself before the end of the day if the accidents don't stop. Starfleet repair is done with safety and care. Safety and care! Again with the synth threat. Tell me about it. Really, I'm going for it. Synthetics, they ain't perfect. Not by a long shot. They make mistakes. What about the time that Data wanted to be a stand-up comic, so he asked Joe Piscopo how to be funny. Joe Piscopo, what? Was Rob Snyder unavailable? What a dumbass. To arrest his soul. R.I.P. Data. R.I.P. Data. That's an absurd double standard. <laughs> Lost another screwdriver. Marked. Replaced. And let's not forget the time that this ship got itself a Borg infestation and Mr. Oh-so-reliable synth Data decided that the best use of his time was parking the Borg Queen. I mean, what the hell? Kill rest his soul. Yeah, of course, kill rest his soul. R.I.P. Randy Data. R.I.P. Randy Data. Nah, don't tell me since they're the better option. Not from where I'm standing. Uh-uh, they can't do what we do. <laughs> Lost another hammer. Marked. Replaced. What the flippin' hell? Do you two realize what you just did? Nope, boss. Yeah, that's a nope from me too, boss. Yup, sorry, that's a nope from both of us here, boss. Shut up! 
hadn't run a chair, was just sucked out into space when her inspection shuttle was hit with a hammer and a screwdriver. She's dead. Her last words were, Oh, you bat! Oh, you bat! Oh, you bat! Whose hammer was it, bat? Whose screwdriver? They came from you, you two perklins! Way to go. Now Starfleet's ordered us all replaced with synths. Starfleet repair is done with safety and care. And care! Synthetics can do safety, but they can't do care! How are they supposed to do care when they ain't got no emotions? You're preaching to the choir, boss. Joy men, boss. Yeah, it's like that time, Data. Oh, you better! Oh, you better! Starfleet repair is done with safety and care. Safety and care. <laughs> well, there you have it. There you have it. You guys can find the, the, the video of the skit on YouTube and on our Facebook page. So, Andy, I, I noticed some TAS references in there, some Picard references in there. <laughs> It's kind of like a little mini lower decks, kind of all wrapped into one. Free <laughs> of all sorts of Star Trek references. I, I yeah, I like to take the, uh, the the lower decks approach and just as many references from every different series as I can shove in there for for everyone who's and, looking for them. And you did. You filled it right up. I like the the, the northern <laughs> southern Romulan uh, thing there from Picard. Yeah. I figured you guys would appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, like, I caught that right away. And of course, being replaced by synths, which which we know happens on Star Trek Picard. Um, and now we know why. And it's now we know the real reason. Explanation for why. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So when people ask what happened, <laughs> now we know. <laughs> yeah, you can just point them to this video. It explains everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So where, where did you get the idea to make this particular video? Was it just kicking around for a while? or? Well, for this one, I, I think I stumbled across a, that image of the Enterprise-E in dry dock at the end of Star Trek Nemesis, just, you know, with its front end completely smashed in. And, and the, the first thing I thought of was, you know, the joke, uh, every time Troy drives the Enterprise, she wrecks it. And so that kind of was the jumping off point for, well, yeah, what would that kind of sketch look like? And maybe it'd be people inspecting the Enterprise after it got wrecked. And, and that kind of just led me to thinking, well, who does fix the Enterprise? I mean, we, we see it in dry dock. We, see, we always see the little um, worker bees going to work on the ship, but we never really get to see the people inside. The closest we came was Star Trek Picard with construction team working alongside synthetics, uh, the, the Mars uh, shipyards, but we, we never really get to see the, the inside of these people, you know, going through because the, the, the bridge in, in Star Trek Nemesis, that bridge was just destroyed, and so I thought it'd be a funny image to see a couple of guys, blue-collar uh, future workers, just kind of strolling through that wreckage and trying to figure out what the heck happened to the Enterprise, and that was sort of the, the origin of that uh, sketch. I thought it was and then hilarious. I thought it was to bring back... Uh, Thank you. I thought it'd be fun to bring back uh, 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 Gerald and to, to pair him with Harold, who was the original version of Gerald. That was originally when I was going to shoot 
the uh, the Klingon vacation sketch, I envisioned. I, I think I told this to you guys. The couple from Monty Python's Meaning of Life, that that kind of northwestern, uh, upper northwestern uh, man and wife, and and uh, that would be that was going to be the original Klingon vacation sketch. Was those two just kind of strolling along Kronos, and then it, it morphed into something else. And I brought in Karen, and then I, I turned Gerald into a, a Chicago guy. But I thought it'd be fun. To, to see where Gerald was after the Klingon vacation sketch. He, he didn't die in that sketch. Um, some sort of federation, future tech, tech, tech saved his life. And, and to pair him with his original uh, version, the, the proto-Gerald, which is that, that, oh, hi there, guys, Northwestern kind of from the meaning of life. For anyone familiar and, with uh, that, that was kind of my Monty Python Easter egg. Yeah, he, he he didn't die. The, the Klingons couldn't kill him, but the Enterprise did. Unfortunately, may he R.I.P. <laughs> or did it? Or That's did it? <laughs> In true Star Trek style, we don't really know. There could be a Genesis device yeah. floating around. There could be a Nexus flying through space. We don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's possible Gerald and and Harold might come back. Hmm. Maybe a mirror universe. They get sucked into the mirror universe like Lorca. Who knows? There you go. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Anything could happen in Star Trek. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Um, I, I, was, I was laughing when, when, um, when you said, well, we're going to have to put a lot of overtime in on this one. Too bad we don't get paid in the future. <laughs> <laughs> it must be really hard for those types of people, people with the menial jobs that, still don't, that don't get any pay in the future. I mean, like, think about yeah, Star Trek II, the guy with the weird trash vacuum walking by Admiral Kirk. That guy chose that job, despite the fact <laughs> he doesn't get paid to do that job. <laughs> I mean, what the heck is with that? Some people I know. just want to show up to work and do their thing and go home, you know? <laughs> maybe, maybe there's someone that's just like, that's the job for me. I just want to be the guy vacuuming up garbage. Uh, or we see that, that device again or something similar to it in, in short treks, vacuuming up tribbles on, on board the, the ship with Edward. That's right. Yep, that's right. He was doing that for free because he wanted to. <laughs> and maybe there's people that really get a kick out of sucking things into a tube. That, well, they got to pay for their iPhone 237 somehow. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> of course, don't, like yeah, don't get a... me started on the economics of Star Trek because then, then you have like Kirk making mentions about you know you earned your pay, and you, you have Picard talking about there's no pay in the future, but then you've got uh, Doctor Crusher talking about you know Federation credits when it comes to the roles of, of fabric on on an encounter at Farpoint. So it's mm-hmm. kind of all over the place. And then, of course, you've got, you know, Ferengi bars of Latinum. So who knows? It's really complicated. Paying your bills in the future is really complicated. Uh, Yeah, it really, really is. That's one of those things we don't want to dive too deep into it. We just kind of let it just kind of let it go. (laughs) Let it fly. Don't think about it. Like like Harold and Gerald. (laughs) Just don't think about it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So um, are you working on another skit? Is there another one in the future that we can look forward to? In the future. I don't have a timetable for it. Uh, Right now I'm on hiatus. Uh, Think of this as the the season one. That was the end of season one. And then season two is going to be starting up in in a bit. 
I've been a little bit too busy lately to, to get to work on it, but I'm hoping in the next month or so uh, to be able to get to work on the next one, which is going to be the one I, 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 I kind of previewed or hinted at last time I was on, which is the Kelvin Universe sketch, my first Trek sketches in the Kelvin Universe. Oh, well, see, and you, so you know what? Harold and Gerald would still be alive in the Kelvin Universe. That's true. I hadn't even thought of that. We, we, we could possibly see Kelvin Harold or, or Kelvin Gerald. I mean, I, I will give you one hint. It, this one's already written. I, I was a, Originally, I wanted to shoot it with the uh, Starfleet repair sketch, but that proved to be impossible. Uh, to shoot them both at the same time, edit them both at the same time, there was a couple technical issues that needed to be ironed out for the new one, uh, which is called Lens Flares. <laughs> it's, written, it's written, but it's it's not filmed yet. <laughs> but, yeah. Now is is that just a clever name, or or is there actually some some relevance to that? Uh, title? We'll, have, we'll find out. Oh, we? it's completely yeah. relevant. It's completely relevant. <laughs> For anyone who knows, the Kelvin Universe. The signature style of the Kelvin universe is, is it's very Kelvin universe. There's an occasional lens flare. As as J.J. Abrams put it, he wanted to always kind of hint that there's something exciting happening just off camera. Well, for some people, these lens flares are exciting and, 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 and thrilling. But for some members of the Enterprise, they get in the way. And uh, the, 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 the person you're going to see in lens flares, they get in his way. And that's as much <laughs> as I'll say. <laughs> okay, well, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see what happens in lens flares. I'm I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Sounds like that's going to be funny. Yeah, that's hopefully coming soon. Hopefully in, in in a month or two, we'll I'll be able to release that one. That that's that'll be fun. That will be fun. So, uh, what what's going on with uh, with our friend Pavel? Is he still uh, in the boiler room, or did he did he? Uh, Work his way out. Let me let me let me see. Uh, the guys want to talk to you. I don't know. They didn't say. They, they want to know what you're up to. Put it down and come over here. Oh, oh, okay. All right, he's coming over. Yes. What the hell do you want? <laughs> oh God. So, Paul. Something. What uh, what's going on? Are you, are you still working down in the boiler room or? Is Captain Kirk still mad at uh, you? That was, that was ages ago. Uh, there was a temporal disturbance in Andy's bedroom. And I actually, this is the year 2286. And I wanted to oh. talk about, do you guys remember, If you, I don't know if you're aware of your Starfleet history or your Earth history. Do you guys remember when we had that run-in with Khan uh, he was being kind of wrathful, and we had to deal with that whole thing. Yeah, that, that was some wrath. Yeah, that. Yeah, that, that it, rings a bell. Okay, good. It was some Russian so, thing. It had something to do with Russia, wasn't yeah, it? Well, everything has to do with Russia, don't you know? <laughs> everything <laughs> was in Russia. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, I had kind of a beef with that whole thing that I haven't really worked out yet. And see, I was on board the USS Reliant until Mr. Khan came around and he abducted me and he shoved a worm in my ear and then he, he took over the ship. But do you guys remember I was first officer at the Reliant. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, for sure. All yep. right, and then, then all that stuff happens. 
Khan blows up. Genesis. Spock is dead. He's not. He's alive again. Who knows? And then I'm on the Enterprise, and then I'm on the Enterprise A, and I'm the freaking weapons officer. How did I go from the first officer on board the Alliance to the weapons guy who shoots a little doorbell button on the Enterprise again? That was my old job, and they put me right back into it. Meanwhile, Sulu gets to be captain of the Excelsior. What the hell? I mean, am I the only one who noticed that injustice, that I was promoted and then demoted and nobody said a thing? Was it because of my workplace injury? I get something shoved into my ear. I have to take some time off. I have to go see the nurse. And suddenly I'm punished for that? I just think that's really, really messed up. I think it's because I'm Russian. I I think you're on to something there. It's kind of like the Harry Kim thing, you know? He's he's been an ensign for forty years. Well, I don't know about Harry Kim. That sounds like something from my future that I would have no way of knowing <laughs> anything about. So I'm just going to agree with you on that and hope that it, it, it approves or it works towards my point. But I just think this is another instance of you know what? Getting screwed over is a Russian invention. It was invented by Pavel on board the Enterprise. Well, Pavel. Pavel. Oh, no, come on, Captain Coke. I was first officer on board the Reliance. I mean, sure, it's a tiny little ship that goes around infest, in, infecting planets. Yeah. But, and it, it's no enterprise, but I think I deserve more than being the weapons guy again. It seems really wrong. And then Sulu, what did he ever do? He flies the ship, and then suddenly he gets to be captain? Why? <laughs> He flew it very well. How does flying the ship get to be, get you promoted to captain? I mean, what kind of weird service is is that the, the route to captain? I mean, he did run around with the manual. He did run around with a sword, though. Oh, I think you might be onto something. You think he threatened somebody, huh? I think uh, that yeah. might be it. Maybe I need uh, to threaten someone with a sword. Yeah. Yes. I think that might be how I finally become a captain. Captain. That could be. Well, (laughs) I love it. After all, being captain was a Russian invention. It was invented by a little old lady from Leningrad. (laughs) (laughs) That's captain, little old lady. I think that's what I love it. Absolutely. (laughs) I love. I think she was the captain of the Reliant too before Captain Terrell. Might have been. It could be. Yeah, so I would have been. I would have been then right in line to be captain of the Reliant. They love Russian captains, and then they went and blew it up. And she gets blown and, up, and then I have to go right back to square one. It's like, it's like having you know getting laid off, working your way up a job, getting laid off, and having to start at the bottom again. They put me right back at the bottom. I mean, you didn't man. see it, but I did end up back in the boiler room. I was shoveling coal again, and then finally they needed me. Yeah, and then when they they needed me to steal the Enterprise, they they said, fine, Pavel, we'll need your help. You can be on the bridge, but you have to wear this embarrassing Dutch boy outfit. And that was the compromise. (laughs) I mean, what was the deal with that? I look like some sort of 10-year-old Dutch boy who has to skip to school in a pink, weird outfit. 
<laughs> and Sulu got to wear a really cool leather jacket. I'm really angry with that guy, I tell you what. I always wondered, wow. Pavel, if you kept your leather jacket from the 80s or not. I did. I did. Finally, when, when, when we landed on Vulcan, I went to a really great tailor on, on Vulcan, and I got a, a leather jacket. You, you probably saw me that in that uh, mission. It, it was a voyage, you know, in a direction towards home. And in that <laughs> mission, I got to wear a really cool, like, leather pants and leather kid. And really, I mean, the, the pants shaped like hell, but I looked cool wearing them. <laughs> You did look very good. I mean, um, a man, a man cool. in a bomber jacket is a man in control. There's no question. Absolutely. No. Unfortunately, then I fell off an aircraft carrier, and they had to surgically cut me out of my awesome leather pants. And I spent the rest of the mission wearing a surgical gown with my hairy legs hanging out. <laughs> very embarrassing. Not to mention no, uh, my Russian ass hanging out as well. I, I assume <laughs> if you saw any videos of the mission, they were probably edited out, you know, for a PG audience. But mm. trust me, it was hanging out. It was all hanging out. <laughs> and again, Phil was wearing his cool leather jacket, and I'm wearing a surgical gown. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> it's not easy being Pavel. No, it's not. It's not, it's not easy being Russian. The Russians always get the raw end. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, Pavel, I hope I hope things improve for you, and we really appreciate you climbing out of the boiler room to chat with us. And uh, man, hopefully next time we talk to you, things are a little bit better for you. I hope so. I hope one day I get to be the captain. Until then, it's back to shoveling the coal that makes the ship go. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for visiting with us, Pavel. Bye, Pavel. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, bye. <laughs> so that was Pavel Chekhov, and uh, we got to hear some of his plight. And we actually we have a caller on the line. And let me see if I can answer the phone. Hello, thank you for calling <laughs> Trek Talking. <laughs> What's your name, and where are you calling us from tonight? Shannon, I'm calling from Kentucky. Shannon from Kentucky. Hello. How you doing, Shannon? Good. How you guys doing? Hey, we were just talking to Pavel Chekhov a minute ago. I don't know if you heard. I did. I've been listening for the last half an hour, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, oh, hi he's, there, he's down. Good to hear from you. <laughs> you too. Oh, it's always good to hear from you. Yes, you know, back when you were, like, in you know California, I, like, waved at you as you fell off the bridge. <laughs> oh, thank you. Those were the Sorry. It was it was a painful landing, but it was nice to get the wave from you. Very very appreciative. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad you're doing better. <laughs> oh, thank you. You had to get the worm out of his ear first, but I know that I, I still can't watch that the, you know, now we see the footage from that, you know that trip, I can't watch it. I I can't I still can't watch it. <laughs> The yeah, worm the, the in the 80s ear. was a rough decade for me. It was a really rough decade, the 80s. It was. No. Actually, maybe you should have stayed on the ship. Yeah. You know Shoveling I coal. I should have, probably. Yeah. That would have been preferable. <laughs> it would have been safer. Yeah. You I weren't even wearing a red shirt. How did you keep getting hurt? I know. <laughs> well, if I was wearing a red shirt, I'd probably be dead. Wait, but that's yes, this was you the 80s. Be. That's right. In 2280s, we were all wearing red shirts. Mm-hmm. That's true. 
that, that somehow some people that still survived. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I I don't understand it. <laughs> no. It's Me just one of those things. And then and then you ended up getting lost with Chekhov wandering around Yosemite Park during a snowstorm. <laughs> so yeah, I can't even enjoy a national park without getting lost. It's very, no, very, very sad. Well that was before <laughs> GPS. You couldn't find anything. Yes, that's true. Yeah, oddly enough, we didn't have GPS in the 2380s. It, it, it's a technology that we kind of just let go, and we probably shouldn't have done that. No, because I figured nobody needed to know how to read a map anymore, and apparently you did. Yeah, we had our communicators, but for some reason, mm-hmm. people stopped putting GPS into phones. Uh, it's a really weird thing. I don't know why that happened. Either that probably because they thought they could transport. And... Yeah, that's... who knows? Well, that, no. that was one of the features that that was dropped out of the iPhone 237. They decided to drop oh, that particular right. feature out. No longer necessary. Ah, uh, that will explain yeah. it. Ah. Uh, yeah. Or it was like another $100 since we did to use money then. Sometimes. That's right. <laughs> yeah. There was no money. Without money, I, I couldn't get anything better. Yeah. I just had to take whatever yeah. they gave me. You got the flip phone? <laughs> Yep, that's right. It was a flip phone. a flip phone, I laid we, we brought yep. that back, absolutely. <laughs> oh, boy. Maybe that's why we had to let go of the other features. We, we With the flip technology, we just had to drop all the apps and go back to the basics. Yeah, because, you know, suddenly the computer, the computer care did the rest of it, but that didn't work that way, <laughs> really. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, we're gonna Bye. we're gonna say goodbye to Pavel Chekhov, and uh, we're gonna move on to our Star Trek news segment. Thank you for joining us tonight, Pavel. All right, I'm gone for good this time, y'all. Bye. Bye, Andy. Okay. Thank you. I, I wanted to say yeah, something to Andy before he left, but okay. Oh, yeah. oh sure, go ahead. But yeah, oh, I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. Yeah, Andy's okay. still around. Okay, so since anything that's on TV is canon, right? So that means your show. Is canon? Hmm, I hadn't thought of that, but I, I guess if that's the rule, then sure. Yeah, absolutely. It is a rule. It's got to be. Yep. Yeah. So your and, stuff and is canon, so awesome. Yeah. So now we know that is exactly why there are synthetic workers in Star Trek Picard. That is right, because you made them. That's right. And it's your fault. Sheer incompetence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just wanted, and I just wanted to mention that even though it's twenty three seventy nine, it's too soon for the mustache. Uh, <laughs> it may be always too soon for the mustache, but that's okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, I only have one mustache: the, the Gerald mustache and my Charlie Chaplin mustache. So uh, <laughs> that other guy ruined Charlie Chaplin mustaches for everybody. And like, like oh, I said, man. not even Michael Jordan could bring them back. I know. For the lens flare skit, though, in the Marvel Universe, everybody has goatees. Oh. So if you're going to go into the Kelvin Universe, are they all going to have maybe goatees instead of mustaches? Or maybe they're going to be bald or something to distinguish no, them from? A mirror. It's mirror. Oh, that's mirror. Yeah, right now, that's right. yeah the senile old man kind of getting mixed up here. It's okay. Yeah, it's the saliva. <laughs> oh, oh. They do that to me. Oh, feeling, so that, I, have, I have a feeling yeah. that the, the Kelvin Universe character is going to be sporting a beard as well. 
Ooh. Probably. But, but and I had a suggestion for that because some of us can't have, because like I had a stroke this last year, and so the lights bother me, so I have to wear different glasses. So if you're in the Kelvin University, you have to wear special glasses. Because so, the lens flares bother. Because well, the lens flares. <laughs> it doesn't seem like most folks need it, but this particular character, the, the focus of, of the sketch, it would certainly mm-hmm. help him. But right. that does Maybe. raise an interesting so, question because we know from Star Trek Discovery that in the mirror universe, people are light sensitive. And, and the mirror yeah. universe is darker than the Prime universe. So maybe the Kelvin universe is brighter than both universes. Yeah, you're immune well, to maybe that means you're from Kelvin. So am I, I in be. the mirror universe? Is that my problem? Because I can't, you know, because I can't be, be in the light, regular lights anymore? That could be. That could be giveaway. The mirror universe. Oh, wow. That explains a lot, actually. <laughs> now you know. <laughs> Do you have no, a goatee? No, I know. I did not know. No, <laughs> girls don't have goatees. <laughs> oh, that's true. See, I'm senile again. It's that senility setting in. <laughs> I guess it's carry a knife at all points, apparently. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. you got to yeah, keep a knife. Origins <laughs> review on Trek talking. Yes. <laughs> See, it's yes, not only I fun, but it's universe and didn't know. Yeah, it's educational. Fun and educational. (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, guys, uh, we have to take another quick, very quick, I mean extremely quick, uh, commercial break. And then we're going to come back and we're going to do some Star Trek news. Don't go away. Don't touch that dial. Run. Don't walk to the bathroom. Go get those chicken wings out of the microwave that you put in there before the first break. And run right back because microwave microwave chicken wings. Because after this quick commercial break, we're going to go right into our Star Trek news. And and, uh, something weird going on with William Shatner. You guys don't want to miss out on that. We'll be right back after this. Don't touch your dial. Maybe. Uh-oh. We are having technical difficulties. There, there we go. go. There you go. Trek talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30. All hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek talking. Boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And we're back. I hope you're enjoying those chicken wings. Uh, they smell really good over here. And uh, we're back. And uh, we have Shannon from Kentucky with us. And we still have Andy Bray from Los Angeles, California, on the line with us. And uh, we're going to do some Star Trek news for you guys right now. What is it with this thing? Why is it Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level 9 authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. So uh, Star Trek news, all the stories that we're going to talk about, you can find in their entirety on our Facebook page. So, uh, Eric, you get to start out with our first Star Trek news story tonight, and it's a pretty interesting one that that I think is relevant to last week's Lower Decks episode. 
Yeah, absolutely. This one is a good one, and I could not agree more with one of uh, probably the most revered people in Star Trek, I think I can say without reservation, Star Trek's Jeffrey Combs on why Enterprise deserves more love. Jeffrey Combs <laughs> is Star Trek royalty. There's just no other way to say it. Prior to 2021, Combs played eight distinct characters across three different series. But now, after his return in the latest Star Trek Lower Decks episode, Where Pleasant Fountains Lie, Combs has now played nine characters across four shows. If you love Combs as Shran in Enterprise or Wayne in DS9, you're going to love him as the voice of an evil and hilarious AI in Lower Decks. Quote, I'm constantly just trying to get someone to plug me in, Combs explains. I cajole, I threaten, I charm. Just help me get off this planet. I'm the solution. It's just a delicious note to play. I just keep trying to get them to do it. Then I can take over the multiverse. He also said, my biggest challenge was meeting the tone of the script. I hadn't seen much of Lower Decks at first. I didn't have much of a frame of reference. It was a completely different tone from what I was used to with Star Trek. It's a little sassy, a little irreverent, but... It does have some honesty about it and some issues that people are dealing with. But I just kind of like the fast-paced sort of wry humor that's mixed in. I think I hit their music. I tried to keep up with a very ta- very talented pack of actors. Now, 2021 marks the 20th anniversary of the debut of Enterprise, reasserting the enduring power of the series that was supposedly the one that fans liked the least. He said, well, it should be praised. People were ambivalent about it at first. I really don't know why. Let's not forget the original series was canceled after three seasons, Combs says. I feel like Enterprise's sea legs and its voice were just starting to happen when it was canceled. It did hit its stride in that last season, and I think the same thing can be said for DS9, Voyager, and maybe Next Generation. These things take some time to find their music. They pulled the trigger too fast. I feel strongly about this. And uh, like I said before, I really, really agree. I think we absolutely needed at least one more season uh, of Enterprise for it to really be able to kind of wrap up some of the things that it was trying to do. Um, You know, they may have spent a little bit too much time on uh, some plot points here and there. But generally speaking, it's actually really strong when you go back and watch it again. And so uh, I, I couldn't agree with him more here. You know, it's it's been a long road getting from there to here. That's all I got and, to say. And Jim, can I tell you something? <laughs> oh I I do not downplay the role that that theme song had in the success of that show. I I actually think the theme song was a detriment to the show, and I think that people couldn't take it seriously right from the beginning because they couldn't like identify with it being both. Star Trek and somehow having this like contemporary rock ballad as theme song at the same time. So I'm not saying that's the reason that people find it to be their least favorite series, but I don't think that song did anything to help the show. No, I, I, I agree. I, I, I think if they had had a classic Star Trek theme, then it would have helped it. But again, I think Jeffrey Combs is right. Look at TNG didn't catch its stride until the third season. And um, fans hate the first season. So, you know, yeah, well, if you I think look at they... any of those 90s era Star Trek shows, they all took to like season three or season four to really hit their strides. 
Yeah, yeah, I always tell people if you haven't watched any Star Trek ever, ever before, and you want to start somewhere and just kind of get a general idea of what's going on, you got to start at like season three of TNG or so. <laughs> yeah, yes. there's a couple of episodes totally skip altogether. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. particularly some of those ones that Shannon and I really dislike from season <sighs> one. <laughs> yeah, my kid is watching them now in order, like I did. It took me two years. I'm like, no, skip that one. Totally yeah. skip that episode. Do you not know, watch that again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah like, I, Enterprise, I, like, like Combs said, Enterprise was just hitting its stride. Season four was amazing. And I and season five, mm-hmm. what they had planned for that with Shran becoming a regular crew member and, and a star base. Oh, I love Shran. star base being yeah. built. And a yeah, reason. And it's amazing having him on the bridge. And, and <laughs> pushing yeah, towards the Romulan War. Season yep. I think they mm-hmm. missed the, the biggest problem for me with enterprise was that they missed the formation of the Federation. And that's what we were all waiting yes. for. And they never gave it to us. They gave us like 15 seconds of Archer going out and giving some speech. And it was all a holodeck thing that didn't really happen. No. I mean, it, it was, that didn't, bogus. that didn't happen. That didn't happen. It didn't happen. It was just, it was just yeah. like, what? And <laughs> we want, we saw, we saw Shran, we saw the Andorians. We saw all that being set up, but it never paid. They never paid it off, and I think that was the biggest problem. Yeah, we were just getting to the, the beginnings of, of 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 them starting to to work together. The, the Federation, yeah. the Vulcans, the Andorians, the Tellarites, and, and and just starting to build towards there. And and, and then, yeah, they pulled the plug. It's so heartbreaking. You know, I wonder. Yeah. I've always wondered this about Enterprise because it it feels like you know in seasons two and three like they really elongate the whole uh, temporal war plot line a little bit more than they yeah. needed to. And I always wonder if they kind of thought from the beginning, oh, we'll we'll get five seasons. It'll be no big deal, you know. Or or if they were operating on a renewed year by year. I mean, I always got the sense that they were renewing year by year, but I, I don't know. How do you plan anything? When you, when you do it that way. I think they might have the assumption that they were going to go for seven seasons. At that point, every Everybody else Star Trek series yeah. is going seven seasons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a number it, of the it, actors bought houses and then later regretted buying houses because yeah. the show got canceled. <sighs> yeah, that's crazy. Should've it's just a shame because Enterprise, mm-hmm. there are some really good episodes of Enterprise. Like, like Carbon Creek is one of my favorites. Where we, we get yeah. to find out where Velcro came from. I love that episode. And, the um, Borg. Yeah. That's good. Regeneration is another good one with the Borg, which ties yeah. Enterprise yeah. into the yeah. whole I... first contact thing. There's a lot of good yeah, they did in have Enterprise. Really the whole the thing vibe at the yeah. beginning of that episode, the thing. That was great. Yeah. I think that Enterprise was... is an excellent series for introducing young people to Star Trek. I mean, if, if the 60s Star Trek, you know, if the original series is two sixties for them or next generation of the nineties shows have, you know, watching it in a box is too, too uh, weird. Not having that six by, by nine screen and enterprise has kind of this more modern vibe to it, even though, you know, many ways it was kind of still, at least the first two seasons, cookie cutter TNG uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. It, it's so, it, it, I think it, it's modern, Nice enough, while also uh, being uh, episodic, that it's easy for people to, for young people to jump into. It's a show I used to introduce my stepson to Star Trek, and uh, yeah. you know my my little ones now they really enjoy watching it too. 
that's yeah. a pretty good idea, Andy. I hadn't I hadn't really thought about that before because the other thing that it does for kids that maybe some of the other Star Trek don't do is it shows humanity in a slightly more raw state when they yeah. are making mistakes and um, you know going out and not doing the perfect thing rather than a co- complete mm-hmm. utopian society. And I yeah. like that. And I think that that's idea. a little more accessible than TNG. Yeah, totally. I, I love TNG, yeah. but for some for non Star Trek fans, that utopian and we see the utopia we see in TNG might seem a little inaccessible or a little too yeah. unrelatable. Yeah, I like. That. And they use money on Enterprise. They still have money. Yeah. Well, and they still fun. wear baseball caps yeah. with their NX01 caps. That's true. That's right. <laughs> Now, it's funny because I had a hard time when I was watching all the Star Trek in order, like Stardate order, and I was my kid was sitting there, and he doesn't even watch Star Trek, but of course he absorbs it because he's in my house. But I'm like, oh, I don't like it because he's like, they're not Federation. They're like stealing when they're trying to get to, you know, to get rid of the other, like they were stealing things from other ships and blah, blah, blah. And my kid's like, they're not the Federation yet. I'm like, oh, my God, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when you just, watch it as knowing yeah. that it's not the Federation yet, it makes more sense because they're not acting like the Federation yet. Like, oh, yeah, yeah it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah I can watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so Charles, Charles, you've got mm-hmm. our, our next story here, which, which kind of segues into TNG, which we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. All right. Star Trek just proved how bad Tasha Yard's TNG's death was. Lower Decks proved exactly why TNG fans responded so negatively towards Tasha Yard's death. One of Star Trek's most controversial exits came in TNG Season 1, Get of Evil. Tasha Yard was, in the first, was the first main character to get bumped from the sequel series with the actress Denise Crosby later revealing her reluctance to hang around in a such a role. Nonetheless, Star Trek fans were less than pleased with Tashiar's death at the hands of Artemis. Lower Deck Season 2's The Spy Humongous finds Mariner, Rutherford, and Tendi collecting old artifacts assembled by the bridge crew. The gang scored a Submanifold casting stone, allowing them to communicate with any planet in the galaxy. They found Artemis still stranded on Vargas 2 after Jonas Picard left, left it to rot. The Cerritos pranksters mock Artemis from afar, calling it a big bag of crap, and making the monster comically fall over its own feet. Lower Decks makes Artemis look ridiculous, and in doing so, highlights precisely why TNG fans raised their pitchforks over Tashiar's death. Not only was her final scene played entirely for shock value, but losing a main cast member to a big lump of goo. Even the TOS era would have thought twice about it for, for making it such a colossal anticlimactic. Though Crosby's decision to leave was understandable, her character didn't deserve the lack of the parts that would be with Star Trek villain who didn't even have eyebrows. And I remember, I remember when that happened. If you guys remember the episode right before Skin of Evil, 
was an episode that I really, really liked called Arsenal of Freedom. The early bird gets wormed. And in that particular episode, Tasha Yar and Data are on the planet and they're phaser fighting with those floating orby things. And we see Tasha Yar go flying through the air. And everyone's like, this is it. This is when they killed her because we knew from conventions, this was pre-internet, but we knew from going to conventions that she was going to be killed off in a future episode. And we thought that was the one. And they, they, they deeped us. It wasn't that episode. And then Skinny Evil comes along and she gets a little red splotch on the side of her face and she's dead. And that was it. And it was, it was anticlimactic and kind of like, really? That's it. That's all. And you know, they're, they're kind of right. It was kind of a ridiculous way to kill off a main character, but she wanted to leave the show. She wanted to go make movies. And at that time, she made uh, Pet Cemetery by Stephen King. And to my knowledge, I think that was, that was it. That was her movie career, wasn't it? Did she do anything after that? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think she left to do Pet Cemetery, and that was it. And so, you know, she wanted to leave as much as, you know. But, but, but if she didn't leave, then we wouldn't have gotten Worf being, not being a merry man. So right. that's, you know, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Well, I can understand why fans, why, well, why we all don't like, like the way she was killed. I mean, she was pretty much, I mean, just swatted aside and, and not killed for a purpose. And, and if there's one thing we've learned from Star Trek, it's we want our heroes to die heroic deaths. And it's, it's as the saying says, those who don't learn from Star Trek history are destined to repeat Star Trek history. So <laughs> they almost did the same thing to Captain Kirk in Star Trek Generation. They almost just kind of meh, killed him anticlimactically, yep. uh, unheroically. Yeah. And as it is, his death is not super heroic in that movie. I mean, at least he, he grabs the thing and presses the button and then falls. Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's not yeah. super... Um, <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who hasn't seen that movie, yeah, yeah it hasn't taken the last thirty, almost thirty years ago to see that movie. I know. <laughs> you know, it's no not super spoilers. heroic, but it's better than getting shot in the back, which I think was the original plan for Kirk. Oh, no, we don't like that. Yeah, yeah. In many ways, it feels like Tasha Yar was just shot in the back, and it, that's kind of a really lame way to go out. So, I can understand why people are so upset about even years, decades later, why they're so upset about her death. It's a totally lame way to go out. I have to say one thing I've always wondered is, you know, so she expressed that she wanted to leave. And so they Mm -hmm. came up with a really lame way to kill her off. And the only other kind of super lame, you know, major character that I can think of way of killing off somebody, in my opinion, was when they killed off Icheb in Picard. And I always, you know, and there's obviously some baggage there with the actor who originally played Echeb and that sort of stuff. And I just kind of wonder if, you know, is this what Hollywood does when uh, you sort of (laughs) snub them as they give you a really bad death? Well, you want to leave, so they they gave you a bad (laughs) shopping. Yeah, it's like like sending uh, you off with a bad uh, uh, severance uh, package. Right. Um, it's possible because that actually reminds me of the way Jetsia Dax was killed was kind of anticlimactic. And that was more or less, that was, that was Rick Berman decided to kill her off. Rick Berman fired her 
and uh, because mm-hmm. she asked for a raise. And and so it makes sense that they would kill her off. Wow, I thought she was leaving for the other show, like to go on Decker or whatever. No. 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 I mean, no. That, that's the official reason, but uh, but uh, I have it from inside sources who mm. weren't allowed to talk about it at the time. Um, right. That it was, she asked for a pay raise, and Rick Berman wanted to make uh, an example of her, and he didn't really like her anyway because she spoke her mind. So he yeah. uh, he had her killed off. And and later, when she was working on, was it Becker? She was back mm-hmm. on the Paramount lot while she was working on Becker. And um, uh, she was on the lot, and, and Rick Berman was in a golf cart with Jonathan Frakes, uh, and they were headed towards some – it must have been some film they were doing, and they were headed somewhere, one of the Star Trek films, and they passed uh, Terry, and uh, she shouted to him, hey, Rick, and, and gave him the finger, and Jonathan <laughs> just – Lost. Oh. started laughing. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I knew I liked her already, but so, still. <laughs> so I wouldn't be surprised if Rick Berman did the same thing to Denise. If that was his kind of, well, you want to leave the show, fine. I'm yeah. going to do this to your character. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. And I was, I went, went, but she did come back, I think, as a much better character later. I thought the whole, um, when, when she came back, Seal, um, yeah, yeah, Seal. I thought that was a much better character with a better backstory. Yeah, I, yeah. I was disappointed that not only did they kill her off in an oil slick, but then when they killed the the, the alternate version of her off too, and I was like, well, when, when Picard's like, I want to meet your mother. Oh well, she's dead. They shot her in the back. I'm like, oh my god, Tasha just doesn't cut a break, <laughs> does she? <laughs> Well, to be you, fair, she, she, she was really running away. Rick like, she was trying to escape, but yeah. 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 Apparently, yeah. he has mm-hmm. a problem with women, maybe. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but still, it was great. He, and he could have. There's still, a, there's, there is a <laughs> chance. I mean, I think she's still around during Picard. Yeah. I mean, so, she was alive you know, in the last episode. She's still alive. Time her, so. Yeah. And, and Romulans, I'm assuming that Romulans have the same lifespan as Vulcans since they're mm-hmm. the same race. Right. So, yeah. So, Sila, unless she died during, even if she's during a half the war. Human, half, right. Yeah. 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 But even if she, I was going to say, even if she's half human, half Romulan, which we know she is, Spock lives pretty long. Yeah, he was more yeah. than 140 yeah. years old. Vulcan, half human. Well, yeah. the car, I mean, Patrick Stewart, Patrick, the characters are alive. He, she's still, yes, she would be. Even yeah, she should absolutely yeah. be alive. Yeah. So she, I think, you know, she's still around, and hope maybe I'd like to, I would, I would love to hear them make mention. There's two. I want to hear them mention Cybok, and I want to hear them oh, mention Sila. <laughs> that's that's what I that's what I want to hear. <laughs> you know, uh, but we'll have we'll wait well, and see. Anyone's it, gonna you know. mention Cybok? It's got to be lower decks at some point. They've got. Yeah, to bring I, it's got to be coming. Oh yeah. He'll be there somewhere. Oh yeah, Spock has yeah. yes. Oh yeah, not his brother, sister. No, he's got a brother. Yeah, you know, just keep going. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure that we will. So uh, yeah, so I have a I have a story here for you guys about lo- about a strange new world, uh, which cool. obviously this is old news by now, but this is from Star Trek Day. Uh, strange new worlds EP confirmed show was fully episodic with one catch. Mm-hmm. Strange New Worlds marks the return to old-school Star Trek storytelling 
The series spins out of Star Trek Discovery, which pioneered prestige-style serialized storytelling in the Star Trek universe for the streaming era. Star Trek Picard followed suit, exploring John Picard's next chapter over what the producers described as a television season-sized movie. Goldman confirmed that Star Trek Strange New Worlds will return to the episodic mode with one catch regarding his characters. He said, we are returning fundamentally to episodic storytelling. What is unique about this particular Star Trek show in the current Star Trek universe is that it's fully episodic. Now, when I say fully, I'm slightly exaggerating in that the character arcs are still serialized. It's not like Jim Kirk will see Eve Killer die one week and be fine the next week, as it was on TOS. <laughs> Our characters will carry with them what they suffer from or what they learn from one episode uh-huh. to the next. But the stories are episodic, and that allows us to do something that the original series is quite good at, to give you slightly different tones and to give you, for the lack of a better word, hidden morals of the story. Star Trek Strange New Worlds will debut on Paramount Plus in 22. So I'm, I'm personally, I, I can't, I love Anson now. I think he's just awesome. And then I can't wait to see Strange New Worlds. And uh-huh. Eric, you get our, you get our last story. And uh, then we're going to be diving into tonight's episode of Lower Decks. So, you guys want to be ready for that? Our phone number is 646-668-2433. And Eric, you have our final story of the night, and it's, it's a good one. Well, you know, one of my favorite segments of the show, Jim, is always Shatner says what, but I'm going to modify <laughs> it this week and say Shatner goes where? That's right. <laughs> William Shatner is to go to space in Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin rocket ship. William Shatner is going from starring in Star Trek to seeing the real stars above. The sci-fi actor, 90, will be going to space aboard Amazon founder Jeff Bezos's New Shepard rocket. The Canada native's 15-minute flight will occur sometime in October. Shatner would be the oldest person ever to travel into space with this historic ride. Believe it or not, William Shatner is a nonagenarian at this point, just like fellow actor star Clint Eastwood. And while going into space is generally a big deal, going into space at 90 is an even bigger deal. Regardless, being the embodiment of Captain Kirk for so long, the actor is a brilliant pick for a space launch. The launch and space experience is set to be filmed for a documentary, which may be the big reason for Shatner to be chosen to go on the rocket. Having an actor overwhelmingly known as a spaceship captain actually later launching into space and going where few have boldly gone before is sure to have a lot of entertainment value. And, uh, you know, if there's one thing we've learned from Shatner over the years, him being kind of trained in that classic vaudeville tradition, the man likes his big moves. And uh, I have to tell you, he must have signed an awful lot of waivers to go into space at 90, <laughs> at 90 years old. Um, because you experience quite a lot of force upon your body. Uh, and, you know, I, I hope that he can make this trip safely. I think it would be really cool. It would be really entertaining. Um, there's a lot of theater in this move here. But, uh, you know, good for him. Good for him for getting to go up into space for reals. 
If any I wonder if he's going to do it, it's him. Yeah. If he's going to go, if he's going to be there, NASA, we have a problem, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, 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 what I'm totally expecting is when he comes back and they interview him, he'll, he'll say, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny about that? Last week we did on our Shatner Says What, we did the, the whole thing about him talking about people impersonating him. And him yeah. saying that he doesn't pause like that. And he paused like that when he was saying he doesn't do that. It's yeah. like, Shatner, you're doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now, you're, when you're saying, I don't pause like that, you're pausing like that. When he's on other shows, he's like, I am Denny Crane. Like, he doesn't talk ever like a whole sentence. He can't do that. So. No, he, he just can't. So I'm. I think it's going to be fun. I'm I I I'm looking forward to seeing the documentary. That an interesting and just, question. As I say, that's, that's an interesting question. Who are you guys more excited to see go to space, Captain Kirk or Denny Crane? Because I think it'd be uh, fun to see uh, both those characters in space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of the same, actually, but that would be cool. <laughs> but Denny would sue somebody for something when he got back down because he will. Because that's how that works. <laughs> and if, if anybody doesn't know who that is, it's when he was when Shatner was a lawyer on a different show. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Boston, yeah, it'll be interesting. It, it will yeah. be very He's interesting. That is for sure. So, yeah. anyways, guys, believe it or not, we, we are going to log in space. Mm-hmm. That's right. Exactly. And uh, we're going to take our final our final commercial Aww. break of the evening. And we still have a lot of Star Trek to talk about. I hope you guys had an opportunity while we were yakking to watch tonight's episode of Lower Decks <laughs> because we're going to dive real deep into that one red coming alert. up next. Red so alert. red alert, go get those chicken wings that you left in the microwave at the last section. Go get them, bring them back and sit down and eat them. Eat them now. Don't wait. Eat them now. So that when we come back and we start talking about Lower Decks, you can dial 646-668-2433, and you can tell us what you thought about tonight's episode of Lower Decks. We would love to hear from you guys. So listen, we're going to take a break and talking about the theme song for Star Trek Enterprise and our last story, I couldn't think of a more fitting way to go into our next commercial break other than this awesome theme song. Been a long road, <laughs> getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but your time is finally here. You can feel the change in your thoughts right now. Nothing's in your way, and they're not gonna hold you down no more. No, they're not gonna hold you down. Cause we've got faith, that's your call. We want to hear what you have to say. We've got faith to believe in just talking today. You've got faith in your fingers. All you got to do is sound down. You can reach us right now. We've got faith. We've got faith. Faith that you call. And we're back. And, of course, for you guys who don't know, 
that was one of our theme songs way, way back ago. And um, our very own Eric recorded that one for us. And I like to pull it out and blow off the cobwebs and the dust every now and then when it's relevant and play that just as a little reminder. So you did a great job on that one, Eric, by the way. I want Thanks, to add. Man. Re- Thanks, man. And the reason that one sounds so much better than the original is not my voice. It's the fact that I take it quite a bit faster. It's like 25% faster than the original. And so it's not so long and drawn out and boring. Yeah. You see, maybe if they had hired you instead of Rod Stewart to do the original Enterprise, it got canceled. Mm-hmm. You know? What I say? I was available. You know. <laughs> So, guys, we're about to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, I'm Extremis is the name of it. And um, it was great. It was funny. It was Lower Decks at its best. But before we talk about it, I have to warn you. Black alert, y'all. We are about to make the jump to some serious spoiler territory. That's right. So don't, don't send me nasty emails. Don't threaten my dog if we ruin something for you. Okay, you've been warned. I told you at the top of the show to quit going watch it and come back. I just played this black alert for you, so you have no excuses. Okay, let's let's dive right into this episode. Their wings. Yeah, that's right. They're 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 eating their wings. That's right. So let's dive right into this one. How how spoilery is this? Because I have not actually seen the episode. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's pretty It's o'clock over here. I was going to watch it tonight with the family. We, we don't hold oh. anything back. It's no, naked we don't. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> does, it, does it have, like, anything major that I shouldn't be spoiled on? In which case, mm. I'm going to have to put my phone Same in a bag and watch it down yeah. the well, I mean, but there's nothing that like permanently changes the crew here. No, I mean, you just, you just, yeah. you will, you will find your well, enjoyment is ninety percent of what it would have been if we spoil anything for you. <laughs> I see. I see. I'm not, not, not like I'm not sure I can see some of those crew members differently after that one Mariner scene. Oh my God! From that <laughs> second TNG episode. <laughs> Well, it's not like we're going to tell you. We're not going to tell you that Spock died or anything like that. Nothing like that. No, nothing nothing like the death of Spock or Chekhov getting a worm in his ear. Nothing that serious. Right, nothing like that. We're falling off, you know, the stuff anymore. And actually, the best part about hearing us first, Andy, is that when you watch it, we will give you some of the uh, references that you can look for later, and then you'll look really impressive because we've already done the research for you. And I can impress my there family by knowing all those references. There you go. You'd be like, oh, that's from there, but there, but there, because I just remembered that. <laughs> I, I, I would I like to start off with um, with a non-Star Trek reference that that, uh, that right away I just started laughing right off the bat. And um, okay. back in 1978, Leonard Nimoy made a movie. Well, he didn't make it, but there was a movie made in 1978 that Leonard Nimoy was in, and it was called... Mm-hmm. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. You guys remember that one? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's one of my it scared favorites. Scared me a lot. Yeah. At the end of the movie, when the girl uh, from Aliens comes out and she goes up to um, to the guy oh, whose name I can't recall, and she she says his name. He turns to her and he points and he screams. 
yes. And, oh my god. And then they come out oh, they come out and grab her and she gets turned into a pod person. Well, there's a scene in tonight's episode where oh, Boimler totally does that to Mariner. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god, that's so funny. It's not Star Trek, but it's Leonard Nimoy and oh my god, it was so funny. <laughs> I was just that's it. I was Donald just Sutherland in the movie, in the original movie. That's right. The That's right. Donald Sutherland did it. Yeah. That's right. I forgot his name. But yeah, for anyone yeah. who doesn't it, know what this is, it's just Google Donald Sutherland uh, body snatchers gif. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and it's, it's yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And as soon as, soon as he did that, I, I my Ewok Karen hates that movie, so she didn't. I, and Jamie's too young to have seen it. So while I was sitting there laughing, they were both looking at me like, what drugs do you want? That's not even funny. I'm like, yes, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, okay. So I don't know if that spoils anything for you, but that was one of the things about no, this episode. No, I actually saw that I... they released that clip. They released that clip uh, <laughs> earlier in the week. So I saw it and I caught wow. that too. I was like, ah, Yes. I did not get Yo. it. So thank you. I was like, "What the? What are they doing?" I didn't get the reference, but there's always like cookies or Easter eggs. That I don't know what they are. So you, you know, watch Easter all eggs. Star Trek. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just yeah. I thought that was that that one caught me as as funny. So, but at any rate, well, you know, we haven't heard a lot from from uh, Charles. He's been pretty quiet. So why don't we let Charles jump sure. in first and share some of his favorite uh, Easter eggs and thoughts on this episode. Take it away, Charles. Well, okay, I'll do a little summary in there. We get an interesting creature, the trainer. I didn't quite catch what species he was, but this is a rather unique species. Mm-hmm. They can actually split themselves into pieces. Yeah, Charles, they're called pandronians. And what's really interesting about that is that the word pandrone is an employer, especially one who exploits immigrant workers. Now, is, is, was that the same uh, race from the TAS episode, Bem, where the guy could split into three pieces? That's what I thought. You guys remember uh, that episode? I do not remember that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that one again. Yeah. There's a TAS episode by the name of Bem. And that's where the, the race can split themselves and, and nobody knows they can do it. And then when they get captured by aliens, the guy takes his head off, splits into pieces, opens up the cage, and Kirk and Spock escape. Um, and I, I thought this woman was the same race as that alien from the TAS episode. Oh, yeah, that alien is, is green, looks just like her. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think it is the same, Jim. You're right. Wow. I thought, cool. it, I, I thought it was. Yeah, Listen, they, I may be old have, and senile, but when yeah. it comes to Star Trek, the, the, the no. old senility helps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Good job. Well, I said backtrack is one of the scenes from one of the teasers we finally get to see. Ah, oh, we're working out here. We, we've got plenty of oxygen. Okay, let's yep. see him on board the ship. Where are you going? Come back. They left us. And so like six hours later, they bring it, they beam them back. It's like, okay, you left, you abandoned your lower deck crew for six hours in the middle of space, just wearing suits. 
But it was Mariner's fault because she didn't check out her boots. Yeah. And did you guys happen to notice that the 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 craft that they were repairing was the same one from the, the TNG episode, the neutral zone, where they found all the people from the 20th century frozen? I no. did. No. Really? Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> this I told you. I'm, this one. It's unbelievable. I'm super, <laughs> I'm super anal. I, I'm old and senile, but when it comes to Star Trek, I remember everything. <laughs> Well, almost everything, except for the name of the stalagmites. I still can't remember their names. Stalagmites? <laughs> yeah, from the Vulcans. The there the from the fo- no, no, the Vulcans no. from the no. Forge. They, they, they lived in the cave there. The oh, stalagmites okay. or yeah, whatever they always, Yeah, Cyrenites, but he always calls them stalagmites. Yeah, yeah that, that's it, the Cyrenites. Okay. <laughs> I was close. Okay. I was close. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go ahead. Go, I'm sorry. Go <laughs> go ahead, Charles. But it's funny when they go through and like, oh, everybody's going to go through their own holodeck training sim- this simulation. And you see a list of the crew, and I only got a glimpse of the titles of the simulations they were going through. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure how, okay, Eric will know the expert on this one. How many different series did we, did we end up touching? Uh, just with episode titles, we hit four series, and then we hit a bunch of stuff that is outside of Star Trek II and some stuff that goes into extended canon. So it's pretty mm-hmm. impressive, that one list. <laughs> They jump in and okay, you jump you jump into the you jump into the simulator and they said okay here's the mission title and say like, okay isn't that a Star Trek episode? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they send you into it. And as I said, oh this didn't change with you and the crew. I'm not. I can look at some of the crew members quite the same way after <laughs> naked time. Right. I'm not sure the yeah. I'm not sure the crew members Mary think of themselves in the same way. Boiler <laughs> sack, the doctor is like, okay, that was disturbing. Oh my god. Yeah. She's so, so good. I wanted to disturbing. I wanted to rip when when Jax is standing on the bridge yelling, "It's naked time!" I wanted to get that yeah. rip that that clip to play for you guys, but I didn't have time before the show. That's gonna be that's gonna be one of my clips that I'm gonna play is also with the one. It's leg day. Yeah. Just like you know, naked just, time. yeah, naked time, leg day, girls' night out. There's different catchphrases that that from the show and. Naked, it's naked time with Chax was one of those. This made me crack up. <laughs> it's funny. And mm-hmm. it was interesting of Boimler trying to you, you get all these different missions they have to go through which they have trouble with. And then Boimler starts going with the board and going and going and going. It's like, okay, Boimler's the Energizer Bunny. Just can't stop. And I want to interject something here about that particular clip. First of all, I thought it was just wonderful that they had Alex Krieg do the voice of the board queen. Yes. Yeah, you um, can tell, right, the way she pronounces things. You're like, oh, that's her. 
That's the Borg Queen. That was so cool. The other thing that really impressed me was they played the music from Best mm-hmm. of Both Worlds. Yep. When um, when Boimler's running away from all the Borg, I'm like, that's the Best of Both Worlds, and they did it twice. Mm-hmm. When he went back and when they said, oh, you got to stall him, you got to stall him, and he went back to do it again, they played that same Best of Both Worlds music, which is the music they play when they go to rescue Picard, a.k.a. Locutus, from the Borg, it's the same music that they played in that scene. They played it in this episode, which, which you know, I'm anal with music. I love that when they did that. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And the Borg got... Queen lowering down from the ceiling there with the little wiggly spinal thing there and the whole bit. It was it was really done really well. And we got to revisit the crystal and entity. Yep. Yep. And so without spoiling too much, we had so many points in here and this episode just was it kept you going. There was a minor B story with Boimler, but that tied so much into A that I'm not sure if it was a side story or not. But it was just a story that just kept you going. To wonder what was going to happen next. You know, Charles, instead of a B story, it felt like this one had a switch that flipped in the middle of it. Like about 15 minutes in, the story had been taking one trajectory, and then all of a sudden it changes and things. It's almost yep. like the poop hits the fan about 15 minutes in, <laughs> and the last 10 minutes are your B story almost. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. It's a little different format from what they've been doing. But I think after what we kind of got last week, this was a perfect makeup. It's like, okay, last week was okay. B was good. A, not so much. This one, we ran straight through. You were laughing at so many scenes occurring. And you were having so much fun with this episode. Especially when you go into the, in the, into the simulator. It's like, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. And even even they even without spoiling it in, in a uh, definite uh, definite uh, discussion about war and his injury. Yep. You know what I mean by that one? Oh yeah. Yep. 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 That was a, that was a great flashback. That was funny, actually. Yeah. I I do want to bring something up with you guys, though. I want to talk about, um, I I want to first, I love Lower Decks, first of all. I I just, I laugh, laugh my ass off when I'm on the couch watching it. Even my daughter, Jamie, who doesn't know a lot of the references, enjoys it. Um, And they, they claim, and I hate to use this word, but I'm going to, they claim that it's canon, but I beg to differ. And the reason why is because, in tonight's episode in particular, there was a uh, definite difference between um, the way they, 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 they refer to them as lower decks as ensigns, but we've never seen people sleeping in hallways on Star Trek. We've never seen people to, uh, being forced to take group showers together on Star Trek. We've never seen on Star Trek where they're not allowed to use the food replicators and that they have to have substandard food because they're lower decks. And we've never seen um, 
ensigns uh, be stranded and treated like anything less than any other officer on the enterprise. Um, so I'm like, as much as the show is great, I think that a lot, uh, you, you got to take it with a grain of sand as well, that, that it's not completely canon because a lot of the stuff that they do when they say on the show doesn't mesh with what we know from Star Trek. Like Ensign Tilly and Specialist Burnham share a cabin on the Discovery. They're not sleeping in a hallway. Mm-hmm. You know? They're yeah. Not right. Right. So here. Yeah. You know? But I think you're and also I think looking that's... at the fact that how many how many enlisted people did we actually get to see in TNG? Well, Chief we O'Brien. Once in, a great, once in a great while, we might have seen him. We saw him in lower deck. Yeah. But the Charles, only we've, never, non, we've never seen him. The only real no. non-commission that we usually ever saw was O'Brien. Jim, the whole purpose of this show is to show us a different side of Starfleet that we've never seen before. So there's no way that you can say that it's not canon because everything that's going on with the main officers, which is the only thing that we've ever seen in any of these TNG era shows, is all consistent, right? They even and they even joke about it. Like in tonight's episode, they talk. Uh, Freeman says something about you know being the captain of a California class ship. Well, nobody's ever heard of one of those before. Well, of course they haven't. You know they they never mentioned California class in TNG, but that's because it's a minor ship on the edge of Starfleet, and we're talking about the lower decks of the minor ship in the bottom of that hole. So, and, and plus, you know, if you just think about basic comedy, you have to have some kind of uh, gimmick there, some kind of foil, some kind of thing that, like, allows you to have a mechanism so that the show can actually make fun of itself. And, these, well, you know, you got to get these lower decks guys in there to do that. And well, saying right, that's that's... Not can- Jim, like, frankly, like, saying that's not canon, which this is something that you often, like, will actually kind of gloss over, too, and you'll say, well, people complain about things not being canon. Well, I think this show is very, very canon, very consistent with all of Star Trek that we've seen so far. Because we haven't seen so the you're... But, but so you, you don't have a problem with, with the way the bridge officers treat the, 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 the lower decks people? The question is, do we believe Jean-Luc Picard when he says that everything in Starfleet is utopia? And I, I think that this is a question that we have to kind of like, it's, it's a question that whose answer has changed over the years. I think we all used to think of TNG era as 100% utopia. Everything is perfect, right? Because that's what Jean-Luc actually tells us that it is in one of those episodes. But in fact, there's, there's got to be, you got to find your way to the top somehow, right? Not everybody uh-huh. has a captain's suite. Even even on the Enterprise, you know, Jean-Luc's bedroom is nicer than anybody else's bedroom, and his, he's got a ready room that he can use as his. And, you know, so these, I mean, you're always going to have little differences based on your rank. The fact that they put him in a hallway and that kind of stuff, well, that just adds to the comedy. But you know that they would have had different accommodations from any of the main bridge officers on the Enterprise D. Well, yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's what I think. I think you got to work because this episode doesn't work at all unless you do that, right? Some ensigns have to have some kind of motivation to get where they're going. And if the motivation is always just self, uh, 
self-besting, you know, always reaching your best potential. Well, that's, well, that's great. That's, you know, but there's probably some other incentives in there as well. <laughs> well, <laughs> imagine. It, it's not money because they don't get paid. No, it's not. But you get a, bit, a little bit bigger bedroom, a little bit nicer lighting, you know, um, a little bit better replicator. I, I personally thought that those parts of this episode were, were absolutely hilarious. Um, this was one of my favorite episodes. And yes, Charles, there were so many references. We don't have time for me to go through them all, but I'll just say that we looked at TNG, uh, cause and effects, you know, evolution. We got all kinds of uh, TOS episodes. Naked Time is in there for sure. Um, we got oh, Essex yeah, from TNG, Spectre of the Guns in there. Uh, yeah. Universe. Yeah, the Mirror Universe stuff. So, so many cool little references here and there. And I, and an episode that is such a great bounce back from last week. I mean, last week was such a stinker. And then, and then this week, I just felt like this one really came out swinging. We even get into beta canon. I looked up uh, that list of programs. Um, and one of them is a reference to a Star Trek Voyager comic from the 90s, uh, wow. which I... I love that they're pulling that kind of stuff out of nowhere. That just is so super cool. So anyway, that's my, that's my hot take on this episode. I really, really dug it. I thought it was hilarious. The references were hilarious. Every single part of it just hit on all cylinders for me. And they got powerful in the end. <laughs> at a scale of one, what would you, what would you score the episode on a scale of one to 10? I got to tell you, Jim, I think this one is one of my favorites. Uh, I'm going to give this one a nine. It was really good. Nine. What what about you, Charles? I think I agree with Eric on this one. Nine. Yeah, this this one was was funny. Absolutely, got got to be up there. Um, I was gonna go with with an eight point six seven five three oh nine, but I think I'll just round that up to a nine. <laughs> <laughs> I got, uh, I'm I got gonna give it on. a ten. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a ten a, out of ten. A ten out of ten. He hasn't even seen it yet. I love it. <laughs> How about you, Shannon? I've got faith of the heart. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love it. Well, I I thought it was really funny, even though I have to watch the show more than once, and I still miss references because even if you watch all oh, of Star yeah. Trek, there's always more stuff. Oh, so I'm gonna give it an eight point three five. Eight point awesome. three five. Yeah, I I think. Eric's right. Last week's episode, the Jeffrey Combs parts were, were just spot on, but the rest of it was, was you know, but this oh, one, man. wow. This one, I hope we didn't ruin it too bad for you, Andy. No, no, not at all. I'm, I'm actually I mean, looking forward to it more now. Awesome. It, I think we it was just, just enough mystery in there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there, uh, there was I another... Yeah. There, there was another scene that that I really that I really liked. I was like when um, when uh, Captain um, Mariner. Oh no, was it Captain Mariner mm-hmm. at that point? Yeah, I think no. Yeah. I think it was mm-hmm. Captain Freeman takes the Cerritos into the black hole. Oh yes. And, oh my God. And they cut they cut down to they cut down to ten forward, and there's a bunch of people down there <laughs> eating pizzas and and having their drinks and just hanging out and they all, they're all looking out the window at the black hole and eating their pizzas and stuff as if there's like nothing going no on. Deal. It's like yeah, no big deal. We're getting sucked into a black hole. Here's some chicken wings and, and they're just going about their day. Like it's nothing. And I was like, Oh my God, that's just, 
too and funny. Was just, and was it just me, or or is this where they get the opening credits from? I mean, that to me, it was. I think they said in this episode is a black hole colliding with a temporal rift or something. And if you if you watch the opening credits, right, there's this part where it looks like the Cerritos is getting sucked into a black hole, and then all of a sudden it flies away, free and clear. And yeah. isn't that exactly what happened in this episode? I think we actually saw the making yeah. of the credits here in this episode. Yeah, I think you're right. I'd have to go back and watch it, but I, yeah, I got it, that it feeling. Like it. Yeah. it looked like yeah. the opening credits scene oh, just a little bit. I think the show bit. just, like, right. met it itself, yeah. It, I, it I think – I haven't seen the episode, but there is one thing I noticed. Uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed that the season two opening credits are altered in – it's essentially the yeah. same thing, but with better graphics. They redid it, and that is one thing. Um, I mean, and then the battle with the Borgs is actually more shit put into that. Yeah. But there was one yeah. other thing I noticed that I thought they had changed, which I thought in season one that the ship managed to warp away from the black hole before it got sucked in. But in the season two credits, it does feel like it actually gets sucked in. And mm-hmm. maybe that's, this episode is the reason they made that change. They, they oh, altered wow. it from, unless I just misremember season one. They altered it from almost getting sucked in to getting sucked in. Yeah, you'll just see when you, yeah. Yeah. when you see this episode tonight. Now that we've talked about it, you'll notice it, and and you'll 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 see what we're saying. Absolutely. Well, guys, guess what time nice. it is? <laughs> Hard to believe that that it's it's another truck talking is over. Wow. Hard to believe time it's flies time. when you're having fun. It's naked time. <laughs> I never see that again. Oh, I know. And I, well, I, I thought it was. He had the naked Olympics thing before. <laughs> I thought it was. I, I thought it was funny when we saw uh, the naked cat there, Doctor Tahana, oh hanging God. off the naked jacks, oh, yeah. and we. She's like this hairy naked cat. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Because, I mean, <laughs> cats are naked anyways, but it was just right. like, yeah. it was funny. <laughs> it was just funny. Oh, man. <laughs> and then what about the part where she curls up on the bed and sleeps with him? Because AJ yeah. does that to me all the time. Oh, You're trying to sleep and the, the cat part, just curls up and you don't want to no, move because you don't want to disturb the cat. Because she's sleeping by his rear end, which is what cats do. They go sniff each right. other, basically. Right. Yeah. yeah, they, they, they curl right up there so that you can't move yeah. all night because you don't want to disturb the mm-hmm. cat. It's like, wow. Yeah. Anyways, guys, um, <laughs> we're, we're, another another show has gone awry, but don't worry. We'll be back next Thursday, same bat time, same bat channel. I want to say thank <laughs> you so much to Andy Bray for hanging out and Trek talking with us and uh, checking in with Chekhov. Thank you so much, Andy. Yay. My pleasure, my <laughs> pleasure. Always, always a blast. And we'll definitely have you back for Lens Flare, for sure. So thank you very much. <laughs> I can't wait. And um, I also want to say thank you to Shannon, to Colin from Kentucky, and Trek talking with us. Shannon, we always have a chair at our table for you. Thank you for letting me come on. It's always fun. And also, I got to say thank you to Charles for hanging out and Trek talking mm-hmm. with us. We couldn't do the show without you, Charles. Thank you very much. Oh, it's always fun. And, of course, last but definitely not least, we want to say thank you to Eric for hanging out and Trek talking with us as well. Thank you, Eric. You bet, gang. It was a real treat to have Andy and Shannon again. Thank you guys so much. I had fun tonight. It's always fun. And, of course, most importantly, thank you to each and every one of you guys listening, especially the dude. 
that dude in Australia. Thank you so, so much. Head over to our Facebook page. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Tell us where you're from so we can get you on a future episode of Fan Shoutouts. I'm your most awesome, awesome host, Uncle Jim, saying thank you for listening. Stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Fail. Live long and prosper. Peace and long life. Let's see what's <laughs> out there. Engage. <laughs>